Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zenai Shea. I'm your catalyst, your conduit, your coach to that better life. A coach draws out hidden potential in a subject. A conduit provides a connection and a catalyst sparks change. And I am here today with John Ross Dyke first, and he is an actor. He's a podcaster. He's a videographer. He has a lot of little irons in the fire. He creates merch, stillvisionary.com, what's next podcast. So he does lots of stuff and we are here to talk about control. And we actually happens to, we actually happen to be Virgos. Right. So I know right. everybody out there in the audience, audience is saying Virgo's talking about control right it's about time oh my gosh Virgos have this this reputation for being control freaks right I think I'm not a control freak at all you know one of the guys I dated said I was um that that was why we didn't work I didn't think I was at all. I right. just thought I had certain standards and expectations and, right. I, and I thought they were very reasonable right you know, but they say Virgos are very detail oriented, that we like things our way, that we are very organized. I don't know if you look at my desk and say I'm very organized, but they say all these things about us. You know, for me, um, I think control has two sides and I'm going to get your take on this. I think there is that idea of self-control, which everybody needs and we all need to really have control of our emotions, our lives, you know, be directed, self-directed. And then I think there's that control of trying to control everybody else and everything. And that's where things can kind of get out of hand. Um, because sometimes you try to control too much and you can't control it and it right. drives you crazy. Right. Or you try to control people and you can't control them and that drives you crazy. And so I think uh, for me, I have had to learn to let some things go and flow with some things and allow a lot of things and to not want things to be perfect, um, to just want things to be good enough, you know? So when I say control, what comes up to you? What, what, what comes to mind? You picked this topic. Yes, I did. So what did you want to talk about with control? Um, I think it's the essence of who I am as an artist. I think that, uh, I am who I am today because I took control of some would say my own fate, my own destiny. And, um, I'm seeing that, uh, you know, uh, I'm seeing that it takes a lot, but I, I feel at ease with being able to control, specifically speaking about control, being able to control what interests me and what I feel will, be will better me off as an artist, as a creative. And so, um, yeah, control is everything to me. I gotta have it. And it, it derives from um, being rejected in projects, um, having the turnaround time of, you know, a production of a t-shirt take too long, um, pain, cutting out the middleman. So everything that I do now is, is has to have, I have to have some kind of say, I have to have my hand on it. Otherwise I feel like, you know, people are taking advantage of me. I can understand that because as an artist, everything we do represents us right. and it represents our image. And so in that aspect, um, I, have to have control of some things like if I draw out a design or I have a certain design, it may take three or four takes for me to feel like, oh, that's what I want. That right. gives me the feeling that gives me the, that represents the image that represents me. You know what I'm saying? Um, and some people will be like, well, why, why, why wasn't the first take good enough? Cause it wasn't, it wasn't right. Right. It wasn't right for me. It might've been right for somebody else, but not for me. So, you know, I think that's how some people can say that we are demanding. We are, um, I, when I say we, I mean Virgos, <laughs> uh, demanding and, um, perfectionist. We we're called perfectionists in a sense. Um, so I, I can see that wanting to have control over, as you said, your destiny, 
um, wanting to have control over what represents you, wanting to have control over if you're spending your money with somebody that they're giving you exactly what you expect or as close right. to what you expect as you feel comfortable with. Right. Yeah, I could, I could resonate with all of that. I think that for me, um, control comes all the way back to being fed that you can change some the outcome of somebody's um, approach in life, their destiny by a single project. Mm. And initially when I was fed that I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a skeptical person and I'm not a pessimist. So I always look at it from the glass half full. And so being told that, you know, you don't believe it at first, this is the, 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 the pessimistic side of me. I don't believe it at first, but then when you start to buy in, you expect it. And, you know, you go out to these shows, uh, you speak about shows all the time. You go out and you do a live performance and it takes everything out of you. You, you rehearse, for months and months and months for one for one night and you're expecting that when you when you get done with the product somebody's going to approach you and say hey you know what i want to see you in this i want i i like the way you did that um are you signed anywhere who's your agency who's representing you can you help me with this and it didn't occur to me it didn't it didn't happen that way for me so mm -hmm. i said to myself Nah, there, there's something they're not telling me mm. all the while you know um it just it, there was no exposure mm. there was no exposure in what i was doing at the time and i've always been a type as an independent artist that some that i had to kind of go out and get, market it myself i had to produce it some way because in houston texas as an actor we don't have a lot of opportunities out here so when you hear that one radio ad on radio you see people that you never thought would be there. People that 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 you're saying, hey, I'm doing a show. They've never done a show before, but this ad says taking anybody, and you see that person there. And so I'm I'm thinking to myself during this this time, how do I go about getting this feeling again in my own aspect, the only way that I know how to do it. And so uh we venture out, uh contract this guy to film for us, and all the while, you know, for me it's always been in the back of my mind you can do it yourself mm -hmm. but you need you need sort of like a guy you need somebody to kind of show you the equipment that they use show you the positions that they're taking because in the beginning it's just a part of your imagination but you never really know how to how to make it come to fruition because you've never done it before right i'm not an actor by but that because my father was an actor my mother was an actor i'm an actor because my lodge kind of put me up on that platform and one one opportunity led to another one. And so um, I'm watching all the time and it took them hours and emails and days to get back. And I said, man, this turnaround time, is, it's not what I want it to be. Mm. So, you know, control then the ensemble control. They just cut you out. I hate being cut out of things. Mm. I hate being cut out of things and I hate not being able to get that feeling again as frequently as I want it. Speaking of, uh, you know, control as an artist, I remember the first time that I was going to perform at the improv and they said, you have three minutes and 33 seconds. <laughs> Who? Really? Yeah. And, and if you go beyond that, they could, you know, mm -hmm. cut the mic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. And, you know, you're practicing and you're practicing and you're like, OK, this has got to be this amount of time and I got to cut these words and I got to make sure I don't stress this one too long. And, and, and it's like, you know, and performing at the improv is amazing. It's wonderful. It's a, it, you know, it was like 500 people in the audience when I did it. But I remember thinking, uh, you know. I, it was the fathers are not disposable form right. that I performed there. <laughs> and favorite. that form would have been longer had it not had to be three minutes and 33 seconds, <laughs> you know? Um, and I remember that I was like, okay, okay. I've never had that strict of a guideline. Um, and, and it was very interesting because as an artist, it's like, you want to, you want to go, at least as a poet, you want to go until the piece is done. You know what I mean? No matter if it's two minutes and 30 seconds or four minutes and 20 seconds, however long it takes to get it done. And, and, and to have somebody stipulate a specific time, it was like, 
I got to create something with this deadline or this, this stipulation in my head. So that was, that was a very interesting thing. Um, and then just, you know, I remember I was going to perform at, um, Martini Blue. I was going to do a show there. I was really excited. It's a beautiful venue. I love the audience, love the crowd. And then the promoter said, you can't talk about race. You can't have anything mm. too black. You can't have mm. anything that's too erotic. You can't have anything that's uh, political. You can't. And by the time he finished, I was almost like, what the hell are we going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember coming to my artists that were excited to be on the show and saying, we can't curse. We can't. And eventually they're like, does he know that we're artists? I mean, does right. he even understand that we're actually creatives? Right. And I remember having to go back and say, uh, as much as I want to do this, I have a lot of artists that are not going to perform. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we were trying to come up with a completely clean show and, it, and eventually at the end it didn't work. It just didn't work. And I've never, you know, as much as I have wanted to go back in, in a sense that I can perform clean, to create a show where you have just these absolute parameters and you have no creative freedom, you know? So that's the, that's the dark side of control. Uh, as a creative, we want to have control over our art. We want to have control of our artistic expression. And that may mean being political. That may mean saying that, you know, X is wrong. I got this shirt, poetic justice, spit truth. We want to be able to spit the truth, especially as poets to speak truth to power. And, and to have somebody say, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, it's like cutting the legs off from us, you know, and, and it was very difficult to want to move forward. And, and I was thinking about another opportunity came people kept coming to me and saying, you have a podcast that you just started. They're running this contest. And the contest said the same thing. We want your top five episodes. If we like them, we'll syndicate you. We'll give you X amount of dollars. You'll get ads and sponsorships. But you can't talk about religion. You can't talk about politics. You can't talk. You can't have anything erotic. You can't. And eventually I was like, I don't care how much money they're offering. I don't care they're offering sponsorship. I don't care that they're doing any of this because I don't want to, for the whole time I'm dealing with them, have to avoid 10 topics. Right. No matter how much that deals with people's lives. And when I come on to a podcast, I want the audience to feel like we're being real and I want it to be conversational between me and the guests. So I want them to say whatever they feel the need to say and not for me to have to say before the show where you can't talk about politics and you can't talk about race and you can't talk about religion and you can't curse. You can't, I'm like, cause I would feel stifled going on somebody's show and, and having this whole list of stuff I couldn't say. And I'd be sitting there thinking, what did they say? I couldn't say mm. what, 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 <laughs> you know? So yeah. So there's, there's a bad side of control. Right. You know, I just don't like, um, so you, I'm brought up on this whole idea that consistency is key. And, you know, we, so I've been doing production for a while and, you know, I sold the, the idea to my man. We went to middle school together and I sold him the idea like, hey, we could be the Matt and Ben of Boston and Houston. We could write something um, that kind of revitalizes Houston film. And granted, you know, times are different. Um, locale is different. You know, things are just so close, so much closer on the East Coast. But um we we got it. We, we we started writing a project, and I realized that you know we would drop an episode here. And the first episode we dropped, we waited about eight months promoting it. Eight months, and we dropped it in the last quarter of the year. Because we used to say, "Hey, the fourth quarter is our quarter." We dropped it in the last quarter of the year, and the first month it did a thousand views on YouTube. And then going to episode number two, it just took so long. And we were recorded, and 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 I remember specifically saying to the guy that was recording the 
the um the web series we called it at the time i said to him hey man if we could if you could do the editing and and i i, I come to understand now that sometimes um when you're le- when you're rendering that service you don't know what the client is thinking are they going to try to cut me out because i've had the same thoughts now that i do what i do right but i said to him hey man you know what i we we kind of want this we kind of want to be able to have one or two edits not factoring in color audio not factoring in you know scenes none of that i was just i, I i'm a novice my man on the other hand he's active for a while but it it was my whole idea to let's just try to do this so that you know i could fulfill a passion fulfill a dream that i recently had and you could continue doing your acting thing like that so I told him, hey, man, you know what? We don't want to have a million emails. First email thread we had was 48 messages. Wow. I said, to, I, I, I called my man on, and we used to spend a lot of time on the phone. I said, man, it's, it's up to 50 messages and we don't have a final product yet. So we end up letting that guy go. We find another guy. And I realized sometimes the dark side of control for me is that I end up messing up a lot of relationships Mm. this is something i had to come to grips with myself and i had to go back later on in that in that that journey i had to say to a lot of people i'm sorry because um all i wanted to do was just continue to drop continue to drop because i know i have the gear to kind of promote myself at the time i didn't know that was my purpose it wasn't until i actually started dealing with you, talking to you, that I actually, when people say they found their purpose, I frowned at it. I, I was like, what are you talking about? I don't know what that means. And I really figured that out last year dealing with you. But at the time, I was telling the girl, I was like, hey, I'm sorry. I apologize. It's just that I felt that you were messing with all I had. You know, this is not, you know, I don't have a lot of time with this. I'm, I'm on borrowed time. I'm already in my 30s. You know, and most people that are going to make it to the silver screen, they've, you know, they've done it all their lives. You look at people like Denzel and, and Sam Jackson, you look at their old films, they're dating back. They they made a career out of it. 20, 25 years in film. And here I am at, at 26 and I'm getting my first go. Never did theater in school. Um, always did poetry, but never did theater in school. And when I get bit by that bug, that's all I want to do is be able to have that feeling again, be in that scene again, because it's a it's a it's magic watching yourself on TV. Hmm. The thing that you would do with other people, how how many films I've watched of Denzel, mimic Denzel, cried in the movies, Will Smith's movies, cried in those movies, and to see myself in a scene break a tear or see somebody that I know in a scene break a tear, it just was magical to me. I wanted to be there again. But you know, left up to other people. You're just another dollar. Hmm. Wow, yeah. I resonate with that. You know, sometimes people ask me, like, how do you do what you do? And I say, okay, I sleep four to five hours a night, you know, because I have to get a lot of stuff done during a day. And uh, why do you do that? Because there's so much I want to get done. Because, like, like you were saying, like, um, I had this idea of perfect self-expression, meaning everything that's in me, everything up here, everything up here, everything in my gut, I want it all out on the page. I want it all out on the stage. I want it all out in the world. I want it all out there. I want to die empty. And whenever I start putting out stuff, more stuff comes and more stuff comes and more stuff comes. So it's like, I'm constantly just, and, and try to keep up with, you know, one of my, my college roommate, Havilland May, she said, your mind must be <laughs> a whirlwind. I was like, yeah, it is. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I have to download my brain at night just to go to sleep. I just have to, okay, I can go to sleep now. So that idea of control, you know, when it comes to me, um, I decided right now, you know, people say, why are you single? You seem like a great person, whatever. I don't want anybody taking up too much of my time. I don't want anybody taking up 
too much of my energy. I have this amount of energy, this amount of free time, and I'm willing to give you that. You want any more than that? This is, you know, mm. and, and I'm very, very honest about that. I have a lot of love to give. I'm a very loving person, very generous person, very, but my pride, my, my priority is my art. My priority is my business. My priority is my family. After that, a relationship. And I understand for a lot of people that is not anywhere on their agenda of things right. to do. Right. So when people say, you know, when the guy that I was dating said you're controlling, I would say I'm not controlling, I'm focused. You know, I'm focused on these are my priorities, you know what I'm saying? And I realized that as a creative, art is in a sense, the reason I live. You know, if you took away my art, if you took away my ability to create, I don't know if I would be able to function. I don't even know if I would be able to deal with the world. I don't even know how people do it without poetry, comedy, music, dance, without creating something. I don't know how normal people do it. So I don't relate to normal people in a sense. I relate as we're all human beings. We're all dealing with the same world. But in a sense, I don't relate to how do you cope? You know, and some people say, well, they drink, they smoke. You know, that's how they cope. Okay, I don't drink and smoke, you know, so maybe that's how we have a difference. You know, I mean, I do drink once or twice a month when I go out with people, but that's not like I drink one or two drinks and I'm done. I don't need to get higher buzz and never been drunk, you know, so control, you know, I think that for me, um, self-control, I work on that sometimes because I can go overboard on some things and be obsessive on some things. Uh, but then also like control of my time, control of my energy, that's like super precious to me, you know, and, and I'm willing to make sacrifices of certain things at this time. Cause I've done the marriage thing twice. I'm pouring my heart and soul into a marriage. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to leave everything behind and just be family, family, family. I know that I've done that. You know what I mean? But now it's my time, you know? So, so, you know, I think that when you're talking about feeling like you have a limited amount of time, Mm. you know, I say to myself, I got 50 years. I'm going to die when I'm a hundred. I got a lot to get done (laughs) (laughs) before I'm like too old and tired to, you know? Um, So, you know, so what else do you want to say about control? What else is going to your mind when you pick this topic? You know? Oh man. I, you know, it's just, uh, when it comes to my artistic journey, you know, you mentioned uh, not being able to um, cope if you weren't a creative. And I don't know if my wife knows this, but, you know, when we were looking at houses, um, we didn't really we didn't really um, do the whole thought out process, meaning we didn't see 10 houses and see what we liked in those 10 houses. We saw maybe about three, four houses. And the fourth house we saw, I was sitting um, by the island and I was looking at the wide open, the open space is what they call it. Like it's an open whatever. And I said, man, I could shoot a film here. And so when it comes down to being a creative, every job that I partake in or I do, it always comes back to, hey, I could shoot a film or I could do that. And... um. When you think about shooting films or or diving into these extracurricular activities, it takes a lot of money. People, it, like, a lot of people don't know that, haven't fathomed that. You know, they think it looks really easy, but it takes a lot of money to produce a quality thirty minute, fifteen minute, ten minute film, whatever. It takes a lot of money, and um, if you're one of those creatives or artists that, you know, you, you get the traditional upbringing, you might start in like child theater, um, do, do plays in the church, um, go to school, do theater in the school. And then you might go to school for it and say, okay, well, I want to get my MFA in it. And I want to, I want to take, I want to go big time. Or you might just audition for an, uh, uh, agency, an agency and, and get, and book something and then now now they're representing you and they do whatever. But for the average artist, for myself, 
that didn't happen for me. So as an artist, you got to think, or I think, if I am, I can't do a regular job without thinking about art. Even as a, as a coach, the film Coach Carter with Sam Jackson, I said, man, I could play that. I mean, I've coached basketball, I've coached softball, I've coached volleyball. I could put on a suit and do that. But if you don't have that traditional bringing and you're an independent artist like myself, you have to be able to, one, learn the stuff, and then two, be able to reproduce it in some form. Otherwise, you're left auditioning in a place that doesn't have auditions. And so, you know, that that that's really how I've been able to be sane as a creative. Because for me, the podcasting thing wasn't originally my initial thought process. When I caught wind of podcasts, I don't think it was many podcasts in Houston. So as as a way to say, you know what? We're kind of slow right now. Writing this project is it. Like I said, it takes a long time to produce something. If you want it, we produced uh, about a 15 minute show. But that's all people saw. We wrote. I wrote in a car. I was driving a Mitsubishi Lancer at the time. I wrote in a car delivering pizzas and I would get off the horn with my man. I would say, let me write this scene. I wrote the scene and then he wrote his scene. And we, we merged together, came up with a backstory of how we were friends because we were friends from middle school. And then we, we, we put it together and it came out to be about 10 to 15 pages. And that was season, I think it was season one and two, right? So then when you go to film, you can add in so much. You can add in B-roll. You can add in this, this clip, that clip. So it doesn't necessarily have to be on the page. You can kind of make up what you're missing to kind of fill out the project or the film or short film or whatever. But people don't see that it took, it took us close to a year to write, come up with a topic, to come up with a theme. And if I was one of those artists that said, hey, I want to be an actor, where do I go? I'd still be, if not, I'd be a little further in my career now, but I, I would still be looking at Actors Access or trying to go to local um, agencies and say, hey, I, I want to act. I want to be an actor. What do I do first? Um, I'd still be there. I, I wouldn't have gotten anything accomplished. Now, you know, when I put out my reel the other day on on IG, 250 views, people saying it's fire. And I've been trying to tell people, I, I do this. I've been doing this for a while. I've, it was fire. I, I, it was fire. I, I do it for a while. But like I said in my podcast, when I talked about it, all of those scenes in the in that film and that short and that reel rather are independently produced. Mm. I did. I wrote. Well, two of the scenes were from my web series. Another scene was from a project me and my man did, and the other two Jayla did. She wrote, and then I was a part of that, and I was like, hey, I need that for my reel. None of those projects were major projects that garnered me this large amount of money. If not for that or my control and being able to write when I want to write and produce when I want to produce and you know do all of those type of things, I, I'd be an actor with no reel. I'd have no proof that I am who I say I am. And so um, that and just, you know, I, I come from a background of hip hop raised me. Mm -hmm. So like we've said before, when I listen to rap and I've, I've watched how it has transformed over the years and I've seen rappers take an ideal, put it on shirts, you kind of get to the point where I want to do that, too. Mm -hmm. I've got an idea. I want to do that, too. What's, and it, it, it comes out of being the next avenue to make money. That, too, became an issue of control for me. How do I produce a thousand shirts? And even if I want to give a thousand shirts out, how do I do that at a frequency that is affordable and also is not it doesn't take a long time to produce? Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I brought the idea up to my man, one thing about control is you have to be willing to spend money to do what you want to do. Yeah. That's what I found out. You have to be willing to spend money to do what you want to do, because if not, the money you spend having somebody produce it for you is a lot more than you would because you spend everything up front and then you figure out a way to on the back end pay and get what you what you spend back. But producing T-shirts in the beginning, I want to sell you a T-shirt, but I don't have to the rub for myself. And so 
along the time period of uh you know being in a in the production company visionary movements llc um i want to produce this t-shirt because two or three people have inquired about it sort of like how you told me your story about your shirts and so um i run to my t-shirt man I'm like, hey, man, uh, how much you going to charge me for these shirts? He's like, I do 10 a pop. Well, the shirt costs about three, four dollars. He he's charged me for his time and all of that. And I get it. But then he up and disappears one day. Mm. He up and disappears. And I don't know how to at the time. I didn't know how to do it. I was like, I see him doing it, but I don't know because I saw him cut the vinyl, put the vinyl on the shirt, press it. But I didn't see the program he used to be able to invert the vinyl, to invert the logo, to be able to print it and all of that. Um, being an educator saved my life. Mm. That is where I was able to almost redefine my trajectory. You know, uh, you know, without it, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been who I am today without just having the control and taking it in my, my own hands to be able to produce what I want to produce. Yeah. I, 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 I've had a similar experience <laughs> with somebody disappearing on me. Uh, I also had an experience where, um, I created some designs and, uh, they digitized them for me. Right. And then w- didn't want to give me the files. Right. Cause they wanted to Control the only you. one that I mm-hmm. could have it from. I was like, mm. okay, I'm going to take what I've got and take it to somebody else and see if they can pull, you know, make it transparent for me. I've learned how to do transparencies. Now, at the time, I didn't know how to do that. Right. Because there's programs now that will help you do transparencies. Right. But I've learned a lot with people trying to control right. my use of my ideas. Right. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's my idea, but mm-hmm. you want to control it? Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Hmm. All right. Well, there you go. Um, and, and I understand you put time and effort into putting it digitally and putting things together, but still it was my idea. It was my right. design, you know, and I paid you for your time, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that thing too. Um, but speaking of like recreating yourself and as an artist, um, deciding where you want to go and what you want to do, you know, I was a page poet for most of my life. I've only been a, a stage poet, a spoken word artist for four years. I've been writing since I was in elementary. You know, you, I remember talking to my mom and I was like, I don't even see myself as a spoken word artist. And she was like, it's your writing. You can memorize other people's stuff. Why wouldn't you be able to do yours? Mm. And to, to be able to present yourself the way you want to present yourself, to be able to really give people the feeling behind your words by presenting it dramatically you know um that is a form of control too you know because of course i want people to read what i've written but there is a there is a control aspect of let me let you feel what i'm feeling let me let you see my face let me let you see that my body movement let you know i want you to go on this journey with me you know that that controlling your artistry is is that way is is a beautiful thing and and just really giving yourself over to it i say that sometimes art controls you you know sometimes like i say sometimes i can't go to sleep sometimes i get awakened in the middle of the night and i go pee and i'm like oh i got this idea i gotta i gotta write it down before it goes somewhere Mm. you know so that's happened to me before um ideas coming to me in the middle of the night ideas coming to me in a dream waking me up and I've sat down and wrote it out or or just knowing that I have this idea if I don't do something with it I'm gonna regret it and feeling like in a sense I don't have a choice I have to do this you know um I remember Les Brown said something about it would be horrible if you were on your deathbed and all of your ideas and visions came to you and said, we came to you to give us life and we're going to die with you. Right. You know, that whole idea of, of you control the expression of your art, but also you owe something to the creator that gave you all these ideas and all of this talent, you know, to, to express it. And also I think of a lot of times I speak of ancestors. I think of our ancestors and how little control they had of so many things and still 
they chose to braid people's hair in certain ways to show the map of escape or to sing a spiritual that was really a map of escape. They still found a way to control their destiny through art, through the braids and through the songs and through, and I'm thinking even in slavery, we still wanted to control our destiny. We still wanted to, to use that creative spark to, to just make our lives better. And, and I owe it to them, all the people that are in my blood flowing through my veins right now who couldn't do everything that they wanted to do. I owe it to them to try my best to give, you know, rise and give voice to whatever's going through. Because sometimes I wonder, I don't even know if everything that comes to, to me is actually me. Is it somebody in here you know what I'm saying? Some mm-hmm. ancestor trying to speak through me, mm-hmm. you know, because I believe they say DNA carries memories. You know, mm-hmm. they say people who get organ transplants have cravings and memories and stuff like that. I don't know if that lasts after death or whatever, but it, it sometimes I get these ideas. and I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> where did that, that? That don't even sound like me. You know, I don't know if it's God. I don't know if it's ancestor. That's a great idea, though. I should do that. Right. You know, so um, I, I just feel like when you have this life and you have this time and you have this ability to to give expression to it and and to to push that you know, is, is powerful and having that artistic control, you know, of what right. you put out is also powerful. Right. There's what a downside. <laughs> There's a downside to it. I mean, you know, um, you don't, you realize the more you control the, 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 the less amount of things, you know, you always find it like you're always having to learn something. Like I had to ask a question to a guy today in church because uh, I, I, I'm not a great reader. I'm a doer. I, um, I'm i a trial and error guy. I watch, I learn, and then I I find somebody that can put me in a lane that helps. That can help me with that. Because the whole podcasting thing, my homeboy said to me, listen, when you're ready to level up, then we can talk. I didn't know what that meant at the time. You know, it was people talking to you. Sometimes it goes over my head. I'm like, I hear you talking. I, okay, I got you. But then when I said to him, hey, man, I'm, I said to him, and it, it's an idea that I got from the church. The church, everything has changed over the past decade. When you think about church, you think about four walls, it's stationary. You dress a certain way. Um, you go there on Sunday, Sunday school, you're raised in the church. But it was my homegirl one time a couple of years ago when I started my company that said, hey, I think that you and Mario would do well at this church. And it was a mobile church. So I'm thinking, why do I connect with this pastor so much? I've never spoken to him before. You know, he doesn't know my name. Uh, I don't know him from Jack. But the way he approaches spitting the word is almost the way that I want to approach reaching kids in the classroom. Sporadic, um, youthful. Um, knowledgeable, not too strict, but I'm kind of like, you know, when I'm talking to you, I, you know, I know what I'm saying. And I apply the same principle, the mobile aspect of podcasting it for me, um, changed my life. Mm. You know, I mean, I'm married. I've been married for about, this is, this will make year four, but throughout this whole independency journey of mine I did it in a relationship and it's always been taxing on the relationship the money you're spending chasing a dream you could put into your relationship Mm -hmm. you know because you never get two creatives in a a marriage that's just that's just it's just a dream come true if we could sit here and say hey let's write this and we're both all in on that you get one person that's the a, a type person hey I've got a job and this job does this, 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 and this. And in five years, this job will provide this. And then you have the person like myself and yourself who is like, I have a dream. And this dream I see getting here, but it's only going to get here if I start. I can't wait to start. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it's just things have changed. Um, but.
you'll learn. But if you're not paying attention, then I can't. It doesn't. It doesn't discourage me to say, hey, you know what? They're not paying attention. I find genuine happiness in producing my own stuff, and that's why my catch line is: I do what I do for myself to prove that I can do it for others. Yeah. Because I just it's just my life. I gotcha. You know, you brought up two things that I want to talk about with control. You know, I was raised Catholic and went to Catholic school till eighth grade. And I had a lot of questions. <laughs> I had a lot of questions. I'm a thinker. I'm a thinker. I got in trouble with the nuns. You know what I'm saying? Got in trouble with the priests. I got in trouble. Um, control. You know, there was a part of me that said, uh, what you're saying doesn't make sense. Right. What you're saying, it just doesn't make sense. It's just not logical. God is mysterious. He works in mysterious ways. Okay, okay. That's true. But still, <clears throat> you know, and eventually I decided this religion, not just Catholicism, but religion period, is a method to control people. Keep them in a box. I don't like boxes. Mm. I don't like boxes. And so... <clears throat> I'm ready to get outside the box. I'm ready to go back to something before the box. And uh, that's how I ended up going and researching the comedic, you know, faith and all kind of stuff and just a bunch of different things. Cause I don't like boxes. I don't like control in that sense. Um, two people are too different. And to me, if something's not true everywhere all the time, it's not true. You know what I'm saying? So if I can't go to Europe, Africa, China, same thing is true. It's not true. So I started to really adopt the, the universal laws. Like for example, sowing and reaping is a universal law. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, green, purple. If you sow something, you're going to reap that thing, right? You sow an apple seed, you're going to reap an apple tree with given that it has the ability to produce, it has the things it needs to produce. You don't sow an apple tree and get a pear tree. I mean, apple seed and get a pear tree, a pear right. tree. You know, I can't talk right now, but the law of sowing and reaping, that is a universal law, right? The law of giving and receiving universal law, the law of, they call that the law of reciprocity. So I went into the, the universal laws because as much as there's a controlling side of Virgos, there's also this very intuitive side. And for me, the intuitive side is probably just as strong. And my intuition says that things have to make sense and things have to be universal. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I definitely live my life by universal laws, universal principles, and that has given me so much peace. And then going with relationships as a woman, I found that men and patriarchy and tradition had a lot of control. And I already mentioned that I've done the wife thing twice. You know what I mean? I've done the pour everything into your marriage and you're going to be happy and fulfilled and it's going to bring you everything. And I'm like, I did it and it didn't work. Pray and fast and God is going to take care of your marriage and everything's going to fall into place. I did that. It didn't work. You know? So then I said, you know what? I can't look to a man or a marriage or a church, you know, to make me happy. I have to find happiness myself. I have to follow my dreams. I have to follow my goals. I have to become everything I can be, you know? And I remember I was going through therapy when my mom was sick and she was dying. And I remember telling my therapist, I was like, you know, I have decided that whatever is in me, I want it to come out. And if any man ever says to me, I want you to be the person that you were when we met, I'm going to be like, ah, <laughs> we're not on the same trajectory. My goal is to evolve and grow. And wherever I end up in five years is if wherever I end up, in five years. I don't know where that's going to be. I can't even tell you where that's going to be right now. If you're not in it for the journey, if you expect me to be the same person five years from now, now some things are going to be core, 
I'm going to be a generous person. I'm going to be a loving person. I'm going to be a loyal person. Those things are core, but personality traits and goals and lifestyle things that may change, you know what I mean? So, so I, I decided that I can't let anything, children, job, relationship control my potential right you know what i'm saying so so i decided and even religion you know people will say well you shouldn't want to know about certain things that might lead you down the wrong path and i think you know the romanticist the romantic romanticism was way back in the like the 1800s and they were already talking about march to be to your own drummer you mean it's 2021 and you want me to just not ask questions because you know no so, um, yeah, I, I have found that I had to seize control in a sense of myself, my destiny, and even the definitions placed on myself. I don't care what you think a woman should be. I don't care what you think a lady should be. I don't care what you think a mother should be, a wife should be, whatever. If I decide to be in that role of a wife, he and I going to have to work some things out. We're going to have to, what do you really need me to do? Right. And let me see if I can do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I've already gone through what I felt was the traditional role. And that didn't work out too well for me. Right. 16 years of marriage. I'm divorced, you know, six <laughs> years. You know what I'm saying? So, but uh, so I, I have decided that certain things aren't going to control me. Society's expectations are not going to control me. Tradition is not going to control me. Religion is not going to control me. Um, gender roles, all that stuff. I'm just not going to control me. I have a choice and I'm going to take that choice and explore life. Right. You know? Right. I, you know, I, I think that the, the, the term I have a choice or the saying I have a choice is very key because um, we do have a choice. Uh. I remember when when my I remember it's a couple of things like I think spirituality is a choice. I choose to believe in Jesus Christ. Um, one, because I don't know nothing else. But two, I've lived on that whole. I thought about Islam once. Um, and I was like, nah. I just, you know, to be honest, to be completely honest, my wife is a devout Christian. And I, I didn't grow up super spiritual. We went to church uh, in Third Ward whenever my mom was off. But my wife grew up in a church and I wanted to be with her. So if she and this is where I give up control, if she was a devout Christian, then I'm going to be a devout Christian because I want to be next to her. But, um, you know, things that are, and for me i i live i i have lived uh uh an okay life i fought coming up i went to school across town i didn't see my share of trauma um but you know when my son passed and my father was telling me don't question god i almost wanted to say to my father i almost want to disrespect my father for that you know what i'm saying you're not you're not here and I understand, you know, sometimes you can play, you can play um, like you know what somebody's going through just as a as empathy or being sympathetic to their situation. But if you're not, this is something my man told me, if you're not in it, you have no idea. So, you know, I chose then, like my father said, don't turn your back on God, because I had some questions myself, like why us? Some really crazy things in my mind like yo i'm finna do this and i'm finna go up to the hospital and i'm really finna john q this thing mm. i'm a john q it mm. um so and a lot of and two sometimes for me i'm a very simple person you know when people get to talking and they've been enlightened i kind of like i don't i can't follow because i haven't researched like people have researched and some of me doesn't want to research you know i want to i want a simple life i it you know faith is for me i found that faith is just choosing to believe mm-hmm. and i parallel my faith into what i do as an artist i believe mm-hmm. and it will transform into something else mm-hmm. right so you know when people spew what they spew 
because they've overread or they're trying to um, they're trying to sound as strong in what they believe in so that you can't shake them. Yeah, sometimes those conversations kind of like eh, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I, my, 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 my responses cut short. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then you look down at your phone <laughs> and you well, get you know, distracted. For me, um, the interesting thing about moving away from the church is I've found that in my experience, Christians have the desire to proselytize, to convert. I don't to know get what, that, what does that word mean? That means you need to believe in Jesus. You're oh, okay. going to hell gotcha. if you don't believe in Jesus. Gotcha. I don't have any desire to convert anybody to anything about anything. My my goal is for each person to become everything they can be. If that means you believe in Jesus, fine. If you believe in Buddha, fine. If you believe in Confucius, fine. If you believe in, I don't even know what else is out there, universal laws like I do, fine. I could care less, you know? It has nothing to do with me. I want every person to seize control of his or her life and to find the truth that resonates with that person because to me, as again I said, if it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. It's true universally, it's true. You know, in the Bible, I'll quote the Bible lots of times. You'll hear me quote the Bible on my podcast because there's truth in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And there's also some stuff that I think some people stuck in there, you know, um, because it doesn't resonate as true. But I, I definitely embrace the truth in the Bible, you know, absolutely a hundred percent, you know, without reservation. Um, so, you know, for me control, right. I, there came a point in my life after I got divorced, when I hit my forties, when I was like, I've lived my life the way I was told to live my life. I've been a good little girl. I've been a good little Christian, been a good little wife. I've been this. Now I'm putting aside all of that. And now I'm saying, this is my life and I only have one life to live and I am going to search for things that resonate with me. If it resonates with me, if it makes me a better person, a better wife, better mother, better friend, better whatever teacher, then I'm going to adopt it. If it doesn't, I'm going to chunk it and I'm going to keep moving through my life, cleaning out my mental closets until every single thing in me, head, heart, body, until it all is absolutely true for me, is absolutely positive and beneficial for me. And whatever gets chunked along the way, I don't care if it's tradition, if it's something my grandmother taught me, my mother, my father, I don't care because it doesn't work. And at the end of the day, to me, all that matters is, does it work? Does it produce the benefit that I need in my life? If it doesn't produce, then I don't need it. You Mm. know what I'm saying? And that is the standard, as they say, the litmus test that I have decided when it came to controlling myself, it either works or it doesn't. It either produces or it doesn't. It's that simple. You know, you talk about being a simple man. It's that simple. And going to church for me, for me, it didn't produce. Mm. I have grown more in the last four years since I stopped going to church than I ever grew in the time from 15 to, what was I, 46? Mm. In 31 years of being in a building, I've grown more in the last four years. It didn't produce for me. It may produce for somebody else. Right. Didn't produce for me. All right. Don't need it. All right. Now I've gone a lot, I've been to a seminars, I've been to conferences, I've been through initiation, I've been through a lot of things in the last four years that produced for me. Okay. And I'm still doing, you know, things, reading books and, and meeting people and journaling and meditation, all this stuff, you know, creating a Zenergize Your Life workbook, mm. that stuff produced for me. So for me, control is, is, is key because when you decide you have the right to take control of your life at whatever age you are and live your life according to the principles that make sense to you, that's a powerful moment. And realize that you're going to die one day 
And, and as I said, and I will say it again, when I die, when I, when I lay down on that deathbed and my sons and my grandkids are all around that deathbed, I want to look at every one of them and say, smile babies. Cause I did everything. Right. I like, I got a legacy. Right. I got you guys. And I got all of this that I produced and there's nothing else I wanted to do. I did it all. Right. I did everything that was in my heart. I gave to people. I loved on people. I told people the truth. I showed them how grateful I was. I did it all. I want, that's what I want. When I lay down on that deathbed, that's control to me, controlling my destiny, knowing that when I lay down on that deathbed, there is nothing I left undone, nothing I left unsaid. It's all been done. It's all been said. I did the best that I could. I wasn't perfect but I definitely did the best that I could. Right. And that's, that's what I want. And that was when I was, when I got divorced at six years ago and I realized that besides my wonderful children that I had and my degrees and my job that I had awards on, there wasn't a whole lot that I was proud of because mm. everything else I did for everybody else, I didn't do it for me. I wasn't proud of it. Other people would look at my life and say, oh, she's done. And I was looking at my life and saying, this is, this is crap. I could have done more. I should have done more. I didn't mm -hmm. wasted 43 years of my life. Besides my children, besides the students I impacted, besides that, I got nothing to show. Mm. And when I, when I looked at my life like that, I was like, this is freaking pathetic. Mm. Get your shit together. <laughs> You know, right. and that was a that was a whole different mindset for me. A different. I was like, from that point on to this point, it's like every single day I'm producing. Every single day I'm producing. I don't have time because right. I wasted forty three years of my life. Well, I I, I won't say I wasted. You know, <laughs> I, I that's harsh. I did not properly use right. the time that I had for the gifts that I was given. Right. You know. So yeah, life is short, man. Uh, yeah. It is short. I've come to find that out. It's short. Yeah. You don't live forever, so you need to control what you can control and let the rest go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that I you know that I have found out is true. There's people hurting right now, literally, because yeah. you know they can't uh, control the outcome that they've been given. Mm, yeah and so you know it i don't get that deep i don't i'm just you know i don't <laughs> i don't get that deep you know I, i've heard people say they download they have to download their minds listen when i lay down i don't lay down until i absolutely have to mm. because i know that when i crash it's over you can't call me and get me i will i will crash and the building will be burning and it will be it, it'll be by the grace of God that I wake up because I probably, if I go to sleep, I'm probably, I'm not, I'm done until my body wakes me up. So I just pray that I, it's no electrical fire where I am because I, I'm probably not going to make it. But by then, you know, I hope that I've, uh, I hope that I've um, served my purpose. Gotcha. Well, I think we have covered a lot uh talked about a whole lot of different things and, and I have enjoyed this conversation. Um, is there anything else you want to say about control before we kind of wrap this up? Uh, you know, it'll probably hit me when I'm on the way home, but you know, I just, it's just who I am. I, I don't know how to be anything else. I don't know where I'd be if I, if I didn't, you know, say or have the idea of maybe I can do that myself. I don't know where I'd be. So, you know, I'm grateful for my journey and, you know, I just continue to to take on whatever it brings, you know. So, you know, I probably have a lot more to say when I get home. But I, right now I'm just like, yeah, I, you know, I am. Um, you're always a um, you're always a light Thank when you. you speak. So, you know, I'm just appreciative of the opportunity. Well, um. I, I'm glad that you came on and, and it was uh, very interesting to sit down with a Virgo and talk about <laughs> control. 
I know people out in in, in Facebook and well, we're not doing a lot. People out with Windows goes on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. They're gonna be like two Virgos talking about control. Oh my gosh, you see how passionate they are talking yeah. about control. See, I told you them Virgos was controlling. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we're going to come to the end of the podcast. I do have some merch that you guys can see on the video. I have some different shirt designs. This is actually only like five of the shirt designs I have. I actually have 14 different designs on my uh, Teespring website, which is laughsandlyricsmerch.com. I have some new inspirational bookmarks that are a dollar each. They are so cute. You know, they have all kind of sayings on them and you open them up you know, like this to put them on, you know, your page. So you can get those for a dollar each. I have my Zenergize Your Life goal setting package, which is 15. You see how it's nice and compact, comes in a little resealable bag. So this has 16 different pages of concepts, journal prompts, meditations, uh, places where you can put pictures of people who inspire you. You can write down books, song titles, movie titles, you know, all kind of things. This comes with a journal, stickers, comes with a bookmark. Um, and there's actually tabs in here so you can tab the journal. So I'll show you guys my first page that I did. This was, I did a Facebook live on this the other day. You can see my first page that I did on abundance, you know, so it's filled in and you got Langston Hughes there and Oprah Winfrey that symbolize abundance to me. And I tabbed my journal, you know, wrote in my journal on abundance and wrote about Langston Hughes and, Oprah Winfrey. So this was all the stuff that I wrote on that first. Uh, and I went and tabbed the second. This is access. I left a couple of pages for more writing on abundance. And so I wrote all of this about access, which is the second topic. So so I actually do live what I, you know, yeah. talk about. This is my life. And I'm sharing with people kind of how I I just talked to you guys and I was very open and honest about the fact that I feel like I spent the first 43 years of my life living for other people. And people say, how did you get to here where you have such a self-actualized life? I got to here through actually deciding what was really important to me and, and boiling that down to very specific principles that I wanted to live my life on. And uh, some of it's universal laws and some of it's these words that you see in this, this Zenergize Your Life workbook. So you want to get more self-actualization? I can show you how. $15. And you can build a life that really is the life of your dreams, the life of your goals, a life that makes you feel alive. You know, and it's interesting that we would say, I feel alive because some people don't feel alive. Some mm -hmm. people feel like they're just walking through life sleeping through life you know existing mm. and i i have been that person i know what that feels like to feel like oh, god i woke up again i gotta go to work again <laughs> i gotta deal with this stuff again <laughs> and there's nothing that you're looking forward to because you just know it's gonna keep being the same thing week in week out day in day out that's a horrible way to live but it doesn't have to be that way you can actually take control of your life and you can actually change it no matter where you are, how old you are, what gender you are, what race you are, what religion you are. You can actually control your life and, and, and make it something better. And that's that's what Zenergy is all about. It really is all about. That's like the whole the whole idea behind Zenergy is that urge for more fulfillment. And how do you get there one week at a time? one tool at a time, putting it into place and moving forward. It's, it's incremental. It doesn't happen overnight. I'm not saying it happens overnight. It's one week at a time, one day at a time, one tool at a time, and you build a completely different life. And so I'm here to help you. John Ross is here to work with creatives too, talking about his creative journey. So check him out. Tell him again where they can find you. Um, uh, my social media handles John Ross Dyke on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, still underscore visionary Instagram and Twitter, and the What's Next Pod underscore on IG, and stillvisionary.com. Facebook John Ross Dyke the first. So. 
Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed our conversations. I am Zenashe. You can find me on Instagram, Zenashe Poetry, Zenergy, Z-E-N-N-U-R-G-Y. Zenergy is on all podcast streaming platforms. You can find me on Facebook, Zenashe, Zenashe Poetry, Zenergy, 100,000 Poets for Change, Awaken Verses. Those are all my pages. You can find my website, laughsandlyrics.com or laughsandlyricsmerch.com. And all of that will be in the video. All those links will be in the video. Uh, if you want to be a guest on this energy show, you want to talk about some of these principles we have coming up, you can definitely hit my website, sign up on the Google form and come in and talk about your journey. And thank you for joining us. May you walk in Zenergy. My name is Zena Shea, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy, which is fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one I'm going to show you mine is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So Zenergize your life with me. Thank you.